You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, this morning we are launching into our Christmas series as we are full-blown in the Christmas season. Whether you're ready or not, Christmas is upon us, right? The countdown has begun. It is now 17 days until the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And if you have young children in your home, I'm certain they've reminded you of that uh, probably several times by now. In some of my uh, reading this past week, I, I came across the five irrevocable laws of the Christmas holidays. Do you want to know what they are? Okay. Law number one, the time you spend finding a parking space at the mall is inversely proportional to the amount of time you have to spend shopping. Law number two, the other checkout line always moves faster. If you don't believe me, change lines and see what happens. Law number three, beware of the three most frightening words, some assembly required. Be aware that the unassembled toys take three times as long to assemble as they say, because the guy who wrote the instructions speaks three languages, English not being one of them. And while there will always be at least one missing part, there will always be a pile of nuts and boats and washes left over. Law number four, the three most often overlooked words are batteries not included. Be aware that toys require batteries seldom if ever come with them. And law number five, when you return to the store to buy the gift that your husband or wife or child showed you the previous day that they really, really, really wanted, it's gone and they're not going to be receiving anymore. And you're stuck trying to figure out what am I going to do? Well, Christmas, as we think of Christmas, the holiday, it's the largest celebration around the world every year. I mean, other, other holidays, think about this, other holidays get a single day, but Christmas gets like a whole month, right? One, I mean, one-twelfth of every year. During the Christmas season, billions of people set aside their normal routines to decorate their homes, to send greeting cards, to buy gifts, to go to Christmas parties. They travel long distances to be with their families. Like Christmas sights and sounds fill the air everywhere. There's stores and even careers that are exclusively dedicated to preparing for and celebrating this holiday. Like when it comes to Christmas, like you, you can't miss it. It's everywhere. And if you stop to think about it, I think it's astounding that the simple, assuming, unassuming birth of a peasant boy born 2,000 years ago in the Middle East has caused such a commotion. That's because the baby that was born was so much more than just a baby. It was the promised Messiah. He was born of the flesh as, as Mary gave birth, but he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus' birth that's forever changed history, that's forever changed the course of humanity. When the crisis of the fall happened in the Garden of Eden, God had a solution. God had a plan. He would send his son to be miraculously born and to sacrificially die so that sin might be defeated. As a result, life would be made available to all who would choose to believe and receive. So, so Christmas is more than just a holiday to celebrate. It's really God's plan of rescue. It's God revealing his love as he took action. You know, there was a specific day. Then Jesus was born, and it's probably, I don't want to disappoint you this morning, but it's probably not December the 25th. Although, that's the day that we've identified to honor the birth of our Savior. 
But what we must understand is although that the day of his advent, the day of his birth happened on a specific day, it was planned long, long before. The whole Old Testament, matter of fact, points to the coming of a redeemer, the coming of the one who would bring salvation for mankind. The prophet Isaiah foretold the birth of the child, the son of God. Get this, 600 years. Hard for us to imagine 600 years. But 600 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Isaiah spoke of his coming. Through his names, he revealed who Jesus would be and the provision that he would bring for humanity. Throughout this, throughout this Christmas season, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the names that Isaiah revealed. And we're going to talk about what each of those names mean for us today. For within Isaiah's prophetic, prophetic revelation, we discover great truths as to who Jesus is and what he brings for us today. Within his prophetic announcement, I think we discover truth that we need to embrace in this season. So let's read together this prophetic announcement that we find in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. It's on the screen. So would you read this with me? Let's read this together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You know, as we think about names, they... They certainly are significant. Most of us, most of us here today probably have at least two names. Maybe some have three names or or four names. Possibly your parents named you after a family member. I know for myself, I was named after one of my aunts. My name is Farrell. My middle name is Jean. Farrell Jean, my older brother, Virgil Dean. We were named after our two aunts. My, My mom's mother died when she was young. So her two sisters actually raised her, and so they had great influence in our lives. And so my mom gave us middle names, significant, connected to these older sisters who had great influence in our lives. Now, maybe you were named after family member, pretty significant. Or maybe your parents named you um, based on what they believed God was going to do in your life. Maybe they, they, they say, wow, this is who we believe they're going to be, this son's going to be or this daughter's going to be. I know when when we were blessed to adopt our daughter, um, our second child, we called her Grace um, for, for a couple of reasons. One, we really believed that she was a gift from God, and, and Grace means God's gift or God's unmerited favor. Also, we called her Grace because there's Grace Covenant and Grace, and I could connect the two, and I could remember her name and the challenges of my brain. Um, so it makes it easy. You know, I work at Grace Covenant, and I have a daughter named Grace. But really, we, we named her because just, I mean, like God dropped her into our lives. God gifted her to us, so we, we named her Grace. So maybe your parents named you. But we would agree that the names are significant, and they give us I- identity, right? Like when someone says to me, uh, Mark Whitaker, I know exactly who they're talking about. I mean, there's an image that comes to my mind, and I think about, yeah, he's a dad. It's been here for a while, generous, outgoing, great family. When someone says Chris Carr, I, I don't have to write my brain, okay, who's Chris Carr? He's got red hair, kind of going away, red hair, a funny guy. That's great, gregarious, outgoing. So names are significant in that they're a point of identification. But as Isaiah spoke these names of who the Messiah would be, it was so much more 
and just identification of who Jesus would be. As he spoke these names of the promised Messiah, he was speaking of the reality of what Jesus would bring to fruition for our lives. So here's the good news today. Christmas is not just a day that we celebrate. It's not just an event of the past. It is the present reality of what God has made available for us. And that's what Isaiah was communicating in these names that he spoke of the Messiah as he would come, that he would be the wonderful counselor Money God, everlasting Father in Prince of Peace. It's a living reality available for us today. But here's the key. We must take advantage of what Jesus has come to provide for us. It's not enough just to know. I've heard people often say, you know, it's the truth that sets you free. And I would actually disagree with that. I don't believe it's the truth that sets you free. I believe it's the truth that's applied that sets you free. Listen, this is what I know. In this Christmas season, there's going to be literally not millions, but billions of people who focus upon the cradle. There's going to be billions of people who celebrate Christmas. And as they're celebrating Christmas, they're celebrating the Christ of Christmas. Yet they don't know the reality of a Savior. They know about truth, but they don't know truth. And it's only, it's only as we take the reality of what's been made available to us through the Messiah, through Jesus, that Isaiah reveals here, that we begin to experience the reality of that in our lives. So for me to say this morning that Jesus is a wonderful counselor, that statement is true, but it's only true to the reality that you embrace that for your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, it has to become real. In you and for you. Or you pass through another Christmas season like all of the ones before, not knowing the reality of what it means when we say Jesus is my wonderful counselor. So what, as we think of this first name that Isaiah identifies, says Jesus would be the wonderful counselor. And in that I believe what we discover is he's the one who helps us with decisions and, and guides us through the challenges of life. Listen, the good news today is this. We have help. Anyone here today besides me who needs some help? Man, I'm all in. I know how to, you, you don't know how challenged I am, but I know how challenged I am. I need help. And maybe you're in the same place that I am. And the good news today is this. What? I have a wonderful, I have a wonderful counselor. As we navigate the decisions of life and the challenges of life and the hardships of life, we don't have to face them alone. We have help. We have the wonderful counselor present and ready to guide us. In Matthew's gospel, as he wrote of the birth of Jesus, we find these words. And the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Can we say that those three words together? Would you say that with me? God with us. Let's say it again. God with us. Allow the weight, allow the significance of those three words to settle deep in your soul. Then if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then what do you have? You have God with you as the wonderful counselor. To help you as you're processing the reality of life. So, so, at, so as Jesus is our wonderful counselor, what does that mean for us? 
How does that practically work out? Let me give you quickly this morning four statements of what I believe it means when we say Jesus is, is, is my wonderful counselor. I think first is this, Jesus brings comfort and rest. You know, because of the presence of sin and the realities of life and the frailty of humanity, we come to times and places in our lives where we need both comfort and rest. And the good news for us is, is that we can find both comfort and rest in, in Jesus. Now, just this past Friday, I was having a conversation with a lady, and she was sharing with me that week prior, her mother had passed away. And she was sharing with me the grief and the sadness, especially in this Christmas season. And that this would be the first Christmas without mom. And all that she was processing through. But in the midst of expressing her grief and sadness, is it what she said to me? She said, Pastor, I have such peace in my life. As a matter of fact, I was with my mom. I was in the room when she took her last breath. And she says, Pastor, I don't know how to explain this. But the presence of Jesus was so real in the room. What was she, what was she experiencing? The wonderful counselor. Who brings what? Who brings comfort? Not just, not just comfort, but in times in our lives where we get worn out. Any of you ever feel worn out? Just like tank gets empty? Come on. Then it hits me about Thursday. I get Friday off about Thursday. I am, man, tank slow. The reality of life as we process life, man, we just come to places and times where we need rest, not just physical rest, but we need the rest that we can find as we set our hearts and our focus on a wonderful counselor. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus offers this invitation. Listen as I read this. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And get this, you will find rest for your souls. Where? The wonderful counselor. As we respond to his invitation. And the craziness of life and the pain of life and the demands of life, again, here's the good news. We're not alone. We have a wonderful counselor who's active and working for our good. We simply need to look to him and lean on him. I think secondly, Jesus as our wonderful counselor guides us with supernatural wisdom, giving us insight and understanding. Anyone here ever need answers? Yes. You ever find yourself kind of backed in the corner and you, like, you, you need answers, but you don't have answers? You need guidance, but you don't know what to do? I think we all do. I mean, here's the reality. If you haven't figured this out yet, we are limited human beings who have a limited understanding about life. I mean, we know a little bit about what happened yesterday. We're living in today, and we don't have a clue about tomorrow. In other words, let me say it another way. There's a whole lot you don't know. Can we agree on that? A whole lot. There's a whole lot we don't know. So what do we need? We need a wonderful counselor. We need someone who can guide us. We need someone who can bring insight for us. In Psalm 32, 8, we find this promise the scripture says, I will instruct you and I'll teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you and watch over you. Now, recently I was, I was processing a major decision with a group of leaders. And I thought I knew exactly what we were supposed to do. 
And I was ready to go. I was ready to move. I was ready to make a decision because I live my life and go. And uh, praise God, I had some folks around me who a bit more patient than myself. And the more we as a group prayed and listened and set our heart to seek the wonderful counselor, it became very clear that the answer was no, not go. And so we said no. Now, I don't know what God was saving us from, the trouble that might have been created if we had not listened to the wonderful counselor, but I believe we were saved from something. And I also believe that God has something better that we've not yet discovered yet. Why? Because he's the wonderful counselor. Who get, get this, he guides us, he gives us wisdom and insight as we're processing life. It's available through Jesus. Well, he's the wonderful counselor. Also, as our wonderful counselor, Jesus is an advocate. An advocate. An advocate is a person who represents another person's interest. Like, kind of think of it like this, like a lawyer does. In fact, the word comes from the courtroom and also from the Latin word advocare, which means to add a voice to. So Jesus, as your advocate, is adding a voice to, or he's representing you. He's speaking up on your behalf. Why? Because he's a wonderful counselor. That's the role that Jesus is fulfilling for us today. There was a time where he was the baby in the manger. There was a time where he was the Savior on the cross. There was a time that he was the resurrected Savior who resurrected uh, over death, hell, and the grave. Today, he's playing the role of advocate as our wonderful counselor. Listen to these words from 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Scripture says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if, if, if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. You know, the reality is, is that we do sin. We do mess up. We do make wrong statements, react in wrong ways. That, that, that's the reality. Why? Because we're struggling with our humanity as we're walking out the faith we we don't always we don't always get it right but the good news for us is that Jesus shed his blood for our sin get this past present and future and when we sin we're not rejected by God we're not totally separated from him Jesus, as our advocate, is representing us to the Father. And through his provision on the cross, as we humbly repent, we can have our sins forgiven and we can be restored to right relationship with God. That's possible today because Jesus is our advocate. It's our wonderful counselor. Bottom line, folks, without Jesus, we're all in trouble. Can I get an amen on that? The wonderful counselor as our advocate speaking on our behalf. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus as our wonderful counselor is ever present to help. So wherever you go or whatever you face, listen, you're never alone. Why? You have Jesus present to help you. And that's the reality of wonderful counselor. That's what Isaiah was trying to communicate to us 600 years before the birth of Jesus. He was saying, hey, there's a wonderful counselor coming, and the great news is, is he's going to help you. The author of Hebrews picks this up in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. It's on the screen, and 
Since this scripture is about us, let's read it together. Would you read this with me? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. The psalmist picks this up in Psalm 46.1, where the scripture says that God is a rock and refuge, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. It means this. It means we have, we have help. Jesus didn't come just to bring us salvation. Praise God for salvation. But it doesn't stop there. He, as a wonderful counselor, he's ever present to help us, to help you. We have a, a gentleman in our church family who is in the latter season of his life, and he's had numerous back surgeries. Due to his age, due to complications, the medical community has no solutions for his pain. So every day, every day he lives in intense pain. Matter of fact, he deals with pain that pain medication can't touch. Every day. I was just to visit him yesterday and he was just sharing with me the challenge of life and, and the whole difficulty that he's dealing with. But in the midst of that, this is what he said to me. He says, Pastor, the only way I can make it through every day is that I have Jesus to help me. I have Jesus present. And the reality of my pain is the only thing that keeps me from taking my life. You have a wonderful counselor. Not just the baby born in Bethlehem. Certainly we celebrate that. But don't miss the greater significance is that Jesus became flesh. He became like us to rescue us so that he might bring help for us. The wonderful counselor. So how did Jesus counsel us? Let me leave you with these few thoughts. How does Jesus counsel us? Because he is the wonderful counselor. But how does he counsel us? I think first he counsels us through prayer. As we humble ourselves and seek Jesus through prayer, he brings his provision for our lives. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 reads like this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So as we humble ourselves to seek Jesus, what does he do? He brings that of his counsel for our lives, his help for our lives. So he counsels us through through the avenue of prayer. Jesus also counsels us through the Holy Spirit. Interesting, before Jesus went to the cross, before he ascended to heaven, he told his followers, his disciples, he says, hey guys, I'm leaving, but but I'm going to send the comforter, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I've been... I've been with you, but he's going to be in you. And he says, this is for your good. It's for your benefit. Listen to what Jesus said, John 14. He says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you, get us another counselor. 
Speaking of the Holy Spirit, I'll give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So for every follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit who resides within you to counsel you. To bring forth the ministry of Jesus. To manifest that of the ministry of Jesus Christ in your life and for your life. So we receive the wonder, we see the, the work of the wonderful counselor what, through the Holy Spirit. I think Jesus also counsels us through his word. Today we're, we're blessed to have the Bible, which is God's word for us. It's full of truth and wisdom to guide us as we process life. This book. Jesus gives you counsel through this book. That's why it's so important that this book gets off of the coffee table and gets into your life. So if you never open the book, then you're missing the counsel that God would want to bring, like how to process life. You need answers. I think oftentimes we can find the answers in God's word. Why? Because Jesus counsels us through the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 talks about how God's word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's alive and it's useful for for teaching and rebuking and correcting, helping us grow into the fullness of all that God's called and created us to be. But Jesus counsels us through the word. You know, Psalm 119, 98 says, your word makes me wiser than my enemies. Well, Jesus counsels us. Through the word, I think Jesus also counsels us today through others, through other individuals. You know, today, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five talks about how you're an ambassador. of Christ. You're a representative of Jesus. And so as a representative of Jesus, I believe that oftentimes Jesus can speak through you to help me. Jesus can speak through you to bring correction or direction or encouragement for my life. That's why it's so important that we bring other godly people around us. Listen, if you're trying to do life in isolation on your own, not smart, right? Not smart. But you need other people around you. Because oftentimes, I can't tell you how many times, that's why I have a group of elders around me. That's why I have a management team. That's why I have church council members. That's why I have accountability partners. This is what I know. Left to myself, I can make a mess of things. What do I need? I need people around me that Jesus can speak through to bring counsel. And oftentimes, it happens in that way. You know, the good news for us today is that Christmas is more than a day or an event. It's the reality of God acting on our behalf. It's not just a day in the past, not just a day in history that we remember, but it's the present reality of Jesus Christ working for us as a wonderful counselor. You know, in life, you know this to be true, because it's true. I mean, you experience this on a daily basis. In life, you're going to process a, a multitude of decisions. You're going to face challenges. And the good news for us is we have a counselor who's working for our good. Listen, a child was born to help you. My friend, that's the good news. That's the good news that Christmas brings for us today. We have a wonderful counselor. Amen.
Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you this morning for your action on our behalf. That you so loved us. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what the miraculous birth of the Messiah was all about. Isaiah spoke of it 600 years before it was happening. Because you were planning redemption. You were planning a way that our sin might be addressed. That we as faulty human beings might be restored to relationship with you. Now, Lord, as we come to this season, we thank you that you are a wonderful counselor, ever present to help. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.